my friends, it's Andy and Hedia coming to you live from your Belinda, California on a Sunday evening, very late tonight. Yes. Because you were busy. I was praying for, for Syria and Turkey. Oh, oh, there you go. Uh, oh, yeah, we're live here for the Living Fearless Devotional. On ResurrectMother3.com. <laughs> what, what can they find? All of our content is on there. Really? Yes. Like what? Like all of our past episodes mm -hmm. of the show. Mm -hmm. And we're hopefully going to be on another network like Edify. What? We'll announce that soon, hopefully. Yes. And Did you is, send the RSS feed? To I just did. Nice. And then we're going <laughs> to have your Fearless Man podcast. Have you done any of those recently? I have not. <gasps> I know. I got to catch so you up. You can catch up on past episodes. Yep. And you have Bible resources. We have books. We have pastors and other cool content. You could drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and you could hit the donate now button and partner with us. Could and do that. Improve. Uh, we have to come up with an advertising budget, hopefully, and push the content out a little yep. bit. And new technology, maybe some new decor. No. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, whatever, you know. Stokes. You got a little too far now. We, let's get to the devotion. Okay. Because I know you have a lot to say. Do I? <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> We're reading from Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon for February 19th. The reference is Ezekiel 36 37. That says, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Once again, I will yield to the plea of the house of Israel and do this for them. Charles says, prayer is the forerunner of mercy. If you look at biblical and church history, you will see that nearly every great blessing came from above only after times of supplication. I am sure you have found this true in your own life as well. God has favored you and blessing with blessings many times, yet fervent prayer has always been the prelude to any great blessing you have received. When you first found peace with God through the blood of the cross, you had been earnestly praying, interceding with God that he would remove your doubts and deliver you from your troubles. Then came your assurance, which was a result of prayer. Every time you have been blessed in heavenly, with heavenly times of joy, you have felt compelled to look upon them as answers to your prayers. And when you have been delivered from severe trials and have experienced great help during times of great danger, you have been able to say, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Prayer is always the preface to blessings, going before them as their shadow. When the sunlight of God's mercy shines on our needs, it casts a shadow of prayer far across the landscape. Or, Using another illustration, when God piles up his blessings, creating a large hill of them, he himself shines across them. This casts a huge shadow of prayer across the spirit. So we may rest assured that if we are diligent in prayer, our pleadings are the shadows of his mercy. In this way, prayer is connected with the blessing in order to show us the value of intercession. If we received blessings without even asking, we would think of blessings as commonplace. But prayer makes those blessings more precious than diamonds. The things we ask for are precious, but we do not realize just how precious until we have sought them earnestly through prayer. Okay. Here's a little poem for you. Ready? Here's a poem. 
Prayer makes the darkened cloud withdraw. Prayer climbs the ladder Jacob saw. Gives exercise to faith and love. Brings every blessing from above. You know who said that? William Cowper? No, William Cowper. Sometimes you said Crowper. Cowper. Cowper. <laughs> Uh, he said it sometime between 1731 and 1800. Actually, more like probably 1732 to 1800. Because he, isn't that he, crazy? This devotional is 223 years old. What? I think that's because he cites authors. I mean, he was here. Sorry, was Spurgeon in the 1800s? No. No. Why does he cite authors so? Because these are great men of history, biblical oh. history. Oh. Uh, but I'm not sure. I'll look it up and see. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a brain lapse there for a minute. Anyway, so hey, who's watching? Make sure you guys comment and let us know that you're watching. Hi. Where are you watching? If it, maybe this is your first time, um, or maybe you've been watching but have not yet commented. We want to hear from you. We want to know where you're at and what you think about this devotional. So um, go ahead. tell a little story about prayer. I would love to hear a story from you, Hedia. <laughs> and it's not a dog analogy. What? It's just a regular story. Well, when I first came to Christ and I started hanging around believers because I had a long time when I was um, learning about Christ and walking with God before I entered a family of believers. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the issue of prayer came up and the constant request for prayer, I was actually a little confused by it. I didn't get because in Islam, yes, you pray, but it was a ceremonial thing. You didn't hear anything in response. You were just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You often was read it, prayers in another language. It was in Arabic. You didn't really know what you were saying. Like a mantra or a... Uh, yeah. yeah. It was just, it was a mantra that you yeah. ever said. I mean, it was supposed to be a real prayer, but because it's in another language you don't understand, it doesn't really resonate, you know? Um, so I was like, what is it with these Christians and praying all the time? And it was so... What And one of my... Um, dear friend was explaining this to me. She's like, you, you know, we, we pray and God answers. And I was like, what? God answers the prayers? <laughs> wait, like, wait, like literally he answers them. I mean, it was just, it's just so awesome. And then testing it out, I realized, wow, this is true. So you, you pray even for simple things and it turns into this, this beautiful melody. It's a, it's a beautiful part of the relationship with, uh, with God and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that you ask, he answers, you know, seek and you shall find, ask and you shall receive. You do not have because you do not ask, mm. you know, and it's just like, it's, it's really extraordinary. Now, I don't know much about physics and science. So this analogy to a shadow, I'm not really, it's not really, I don't really get. Especially because we've been talking about how God is light and darkness is bad. Right. So what does a shadow mean? Is a shadow considered dark? And a shadow to me is something that proceeds, doesn't precede. But does a shadow come before an object? <laughs> I always think a shadow is behind an object. Yeah, whatever is in front of the light causes the shadow. So this casts, so it says here, uh, other illustrations, when God piles up his blessings, piles up his blessings, creating a large hill of them, he himself shines across them. This casts a huge shadow of prayer across our spirit. So we may rest assured that if we are diligent in prayer, our pleadings are the shadow of his mercy. So the whole so shadow analogy, I don't really get. But I do get the prayers is always a preface to blessings going before them. And um, every time when you have found peace through God, 
um, through the blood of the cross, you had been earnestly praying and interceding with God that he would remove your doubt and deliver you from trouble. And so that I've experienced. And then you realize that every, uh, most of your blessings are preceded by a prayer that you made for that blessing. Mm. And so that I absolutely get, um, but it wasn't something that came naturally. I didn't understand how direct the relationship was between our faith and our relationship with God, prayer, and receiving the answers. When, well, then when was your, as a Christian, as you were getting to know God and uh, watching pastors on YouTube, <laughs> um, when did the prayer make sense? At, at what point was it? Well, see, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't until I entered a community of believers. Like, okay, so. But what didn't, I mean, YouTube, you're watching you and you kind of fell to your knees and prayed and then yes. he answered you. Right. Did, were you. But to me, that was kind of like, yeah, yeah. I guess it was this whole idea. So like I did understand prayer during worship in your alone time, like trying mm -hmm. to talk to God. But that was like a, that was like a transformational prayer. You know what I mean? It was like oh my God, I'm at the end of my rope, kind of like you're in a burning building kind of prayer. But I realized in the body of Christ, they pray for everything. Like after every meeting, you start every meeting with a prayer. You end every meeting with a prayer. Anybody want prayer? Like it's an integral part of every um, experience when you bring a body of believers together. Mm -hmm. that, that frequency and intensity and repetition, I did not get. Hmm. That, 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 that discipline, that routine, um, that consistency, I was not used to. Hmm. I mean, of course, it, it would stem, it would make sense that based on my transformational prayer, that all the other ones would apply. But I guess at the root of it is that my understanding of the God I had before was you go to him with the big things. You don't talk about, I've got a cold, um, oh, you know, I need this in my life straightened out and give me patience and kindness. It wasn't the all-encompassing kind of prayer we do as a Christian. Wow. So, it was, I mean, I definitely understand it now, but it wasn't um, commonsensical to me. Well, one thing I've kind of understand, so... I mean, I could go to the point where it wasn't until I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, in a Marriott, and uh, listening to worship, and having been told to close my eyes and 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 see Jesus, and then He appeared. That I was when I closed my eyes, I was saying, "I just I go, oh man, I would love to see you, Jesus." And then there He was. Right. And so you, you would think, that, yes, <laughs> but. You would think you would do that with everything right after yeah. that, but not necessarily, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, that's what I mean. That's the point. I'm getting. What I understand is even when I was Catholic. Uh, or even when I was agnostic and yet would from time to time would pray because I, it wasn't, I, you know, cause I still believed in God. I believed it was a God. I just wasn't, I was confused. Right. <laughs> and then as a Christian, uh, a religious Christian walking through the halls of a church pretending um, there were prayer. There was lots of prayer, lots of prayer. tons of prayer. Right. But what I'm understanding is that the, the answer I, I hear uh, uh, Charles talks about the goodness of the, the, the good things that come from prayer. Quite, I think that's the, the biggest part of his devotion, this devotion. But I believe that if I'm understanding correctly, that you say, 
Jesus, I want you, you know, give me your will in regard to my health or uh, this job or this thing. And then it may be the exact opposite. His answering of that prayer is something that you think is bad. Or you just didn't expect it. Mm. Or you just didn't. You're basically like, give me guidance on what direction you want me to go with um, the ministry. And then he puts an opportunity that you didn't even expect. You know. So, but isn't it hard then? If, if I have this job, say at the uh, uh, the I don't know the, the auto body shop, and uh, I'm I'm struggling. I can tell that it's a it's a rough. You know, every day is a rough day at the at the auto body shop with my supervisor and that kind of stuff. So I come, I go, oh please God, please just you know make my time better at the auto body shop or you know make some changes give me give me something and then you go the next day and you're fired i mean it isn't it hard to think well god answered my prayer right <laughs> because now i'm i'm jobless or but maybe that's what you needed because yeah. you've been hanging on to this thing that was bad for you bad for them bad for the whole situation and it wasn't what god wanted for you yeah. and so it isn't until you find that job in another auto body shop that is like the perfect fit so, but sometimes that could be like a, a couple of weeks, a couple of months down the road. You just have to remember to put those th two things together to then give thanks to God. Yeah. But it's hard. And it, well, when they're those kind of prayers, mm. but what about the ones when we're on our knees crying to have a better relationship with our children and it happens, mm. then those are the ones you hold on. You're like, wow, this blessing comes from God. Our marriage. I prayed for a godly relationship, a spirit-filled man. And when I got it, um, I knew it was from him. And every day as it grows, it's a blessing that came from him, that came from prayer. Mm. Praying constantly, constantly, constantly. When I knew, when I started to figure out the power of prayer, then I knew that that was the way um, I was going to get the best of what God had for me. Right. It, it, but it was it's it was hard i think for 50 seven or eight years that i prayed and and i believed nothing was happening um or the opposite was happening yeah <laughs> i was just gonna say it must have been very hard for you because you were walking as a christian yeah. and every time you prayed it wasn't getting answered you don't well, i can't say that i mean i had a pretty decent life i mean i was right uh, yeah. no but the big things you asked for yeah didn't come yeah <laughs> and at the yeah. time they were that happened um you probably it was probably very difficult to make sense of mm. most of that was probably your fault that you oh, kept of blaming, course. but you kept Absolutely. blaming god yeah so i think in the end now i can finally say you know oh, wow, thank you all... lord yes. for everything you did for the 48 <laughs> years because now i am here right. in a completely um uh in a different in a different place with God that I have understanding that I have ears to hear eyes to see and uh, completely understand what he was doing but at the time it was like why I mean you have people that were born you know real Christians <laughs> real real godly people sometimes yeah. and not that they don't struggle and don't have trouble with sin from time to time but there's people that uh like Jack I mean Jack he, he talks about the 19 years oh wow he had 19 years of being a, a <laughs> jerk let's be, let's be fair that it's probably starting what 15 yes like four years. <laughs> yes it was, oh, it was horrible for it was horrible for 58 years how, how about that <laughs> yeah, but I mean, oh god
the older we are, the worse, the more sins we've racketed up. Yes. One thing that I do like, uh, and this is not really on the area of prayer, but uh, Jack says this every so often, don't talk about your testimony like it was like, wow, you should have seen me. I was really bad. Like it was so much fun. Like you don't want to talk about it like that. Like a, and I get Yeah. It. And so I've been, I, that was, that's really good advice. Isn't it? Because um, when I talk to my kids, as we were talking about today, when it comes to alcohol, because my, one of my, my oldest son, my 16 year old, he loves country music and every country song has whiskey, women, uh, well, I don't like to listen beer to and, uh, uh, you know, partying at the, at the Lucille's. Um, <laughs> and he's been, I think there's a picture he's drinking a root beer, but it looks like he's drinking a beer with his sleeve rolled up, you know, that's on a Spotify is uh-huh. his picture. And I just, I go, you know, son, <laughs> cause he, he knows me when I was drinking pretty good yeah, and, uh, and probably seen me a little, a little, little sloshed, a little sloshed from time to time. <laughs> and, uh, completely oh, sorry. And so I, 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 the, the advice is so awesome. Because now I would, pr- I come from it from a different direction now than ever before, where I don't talk about it as my glory days, which many men do. Oh, oh man, we when you used to go to the river, man, we used to get in a fight. And, and, uh, Good yeah, these girls I didn't know bandaged me up. It was amazing. But when we first met, you talked about it that way. Yes. And I, and I just, and I kept quoting you. <laughs> Like, are you sure you have no bad memories of those? No, because there had to have been bad memories in those days. And you're like, no, for the most part, yeah, we get drunk, we get in trouble, and you know, have to, you know, somebody had to drive us home. I mean, like, you had these funniest stories, and I was like, and those are positive to you, like, because I look back at mine with such regret. Yeah. Um, well, but yeah. You, you I mean, I ended feel, up in the emergency room a couple times. But you feel differently about them now. Well, I just when I tell the stories of them, I don't glorify them. Okay, good, good approach. <laughs> Listen, uh, you're gonna, because he's going to be hanging around with family members that still are living that lifestyle. Yeah, and so does. yeah, I just want to caution him that I understand what you want to do, but again, these decisions that you make will can change your entire life yeah. uh, for the negative. Right now, he's it, it appears that he has a, a girlfriend that is um, as in the same place uh, uh, faith wise Um, and they really seem to be very fond of each other fond what am I what am I 90 I think that's a respectful way of putting it (laughs) and uh, I just want to I just go so badly just don't I just want him to say son you have you have an opportunity right yeah don't don't uh, don't ruin it well, and also because, well, hopefully at some point you can have honest conversations of what destruction that did to your first marriage and mm-hmm. your marriage with their mom. Yep. Um, and, you know, and say the consequences that you're living um, are, were contributed to by that lifestyle as well. You know what I mean? So that it doesn't just seem like, oh, well, it was all fun. It's very hard to tell kids our kids not to do things they know we did yes you know because they're like but you got to do it i'm like yeah but that's why i don't want you to do it right um but because we know the difference and here's the beautiful thing and i I, I, 
This has to do with prayer because we pray for our kids all the time. So <laughs> it's still prayer. <laughs> um, so we're just praying they don't do those but things. But remember, even I said this the other day when we were uh, you were speaking and then you asked me to give me my two seconds and then you got the hook and pulled me off of the stage. <laughs> no, she didn't do that. Um, and that is that I, I the one thing I, I think may have been one of the first things I told you. I want my children to see what it's like to be in a loving relationship. Yes. And that loving relationship includes a loving relationship with God. Um, and that's what I want them to From see. And so, so with that, I can say, do you remember how things used to be? You know what I was doing after the divorce that was just, I mean, was it healthy? Was it, I mean, was it, it couldn't have been that much fun to see, you know, things. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, doesn't this look better? Right. Like happiness and love and, and, um, Fun uh, and, and clarity, clarity. Oh, uh, just the clarity, and uh, yeah. Maybe they prefer less preaching, but you know. yeah, I don't preach them that much. Maybe <laughs> I need to preach them more. Maybe I need more preaching. Um, I've always been the dad who has the like the Tony Robbins style style of oh really encouragement and that okay. kind of stuff. So they're used to that. Um, but now there's it's sprinkled in a little bit. God, maybe I need a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe I do need a little bit more preaching. <laughs> Um, so back to prayer, I, the, the other thing I want to talk about that, and you know, we're, uh, we love our pastor, Jack. So, uh, we often bring him up if you're listening for the first time. Cause I, I think, cause I can see people viewing, there's no comment. So my assumption is these are people watching for the first time because yeah, the people that watch, they're, over not our, yeah. they're not our usual crowd. <laughs> right. So what I love about pastor Jack and what he says is that the, you, you don't need to be in a prayer closet to pray. Right. You don't need to, you know, find a place to, you know, to in the corner. Get on your knees. Yeah, and to get on your knees your and, and get no, in a position. Do that <laughs> yeah, you can do that. There's, there's nothing wrong with it, but he says you, you, you should be talking to God all day long. Every time you're talking to God is considered prayer and speaking to him. Do you find yourself doing that? All the time. Yeah. I'm talking to Jesus all the time. If I'm mm. not talking to a human being, I'm talking to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It's about random stuff all day long about random stuff about my mood about the day about what i'm supposed to be doing about the future um about my hopes about my dreams about my fears mm. all of it uh yeah i think it's just a beautiful part of of walking with jesus he's awesome I also like to bring up the issue, like today I was in a prayer meeting at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills for Turkey and Syria, and uh, they brought their missionaries back who um, had been there for 10 years, and I didn't realize the proportion, but um, Turkey is 91% Muslim, but wow. that I think is slightly off in the sense that a lot of them are secular Muslims. They're a rare breed. Um, because of Ataturk and the secularization of modern Turkey after the Ottoman Empire, um, they're, they're Muslims in name only. So a lot of them are very religious under Erdogan, the current uh, leader, the Islamist kind of movement. And then some of them are just secular, but they call themselves Muslims. But there's only, they said, approximately 10,000 Christians out of 71 million. Oh, wow. So they said, basically, take a, a country the size of like three Californias um, and the Christian population is the size of Cavalry Church on a Sunday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, one of the things they struggle with is that 
the church is, it's hard to grow. Um, and so that was one of our prayers and they lack boldness in, in proselytizing. And actually a lot of the proselytizing is being done by Iranians that escaped from Iran and are on fire because they grew by home church and Compare that to there were 300 Christians in Iran right before the revolution, and now there's approximately 40 million. What what did that? That's a move of God. But what? Oppression oh. <laughs> from from this very extreme interpretation of Islam. Um, it was that oppression that turned people to Christ. So what we're praying for is that God will use the earthquake. Um, to have a move of God in Turkey and that we were praying. So we pray for all the people that are suffering and grieving and the loss of life, but that this will be a great move of God to raise up the disciples, to be able to preach the word to people and for them to multiply saving souls. Wow. Yeah. So there's the power of corporal worship for big things. That's another very Christian thing, which, um, which is part of this walk, which is, which I love. So um, just praying over them and praying blessings over their efforts and over the relief efforts. And now suddenly, you know, Samaritan purses in there are working with the local Christian groups and um, the government's allowing them. So this is, you know, this is the time when we shine, right. Uh, mm -hmm. In being a helping hand and being gracious. And so we are just hoping that they'll see a great move in Syria too. Oh, they need it right now with that earthquake. Right. Death toll up to 50,000. Entire wow. cities wiped up. Wow. That's crazy. Isn't it? And they expect it by the end, because right now the search of rescue is just about to stop. It stopped yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, the death toll rise to anywhere between 200 and 300,000. Because mm. going from Great search tragedy. and rescue to, to recovery. Right. Yeah. And then rebuilding and displacement. There's 24 million people displaced. Oh my gosh, that is so crazy. Hello, son. Uh, <laughs> we're, hey, on. Well, we're on live right now. Um, so before we get to the scripture, I just want to tell people in the description, go through the description. There's some links on there for you to click on. One of them is uh, LifeWave with a, a product called X39. I just got to tell you that I've been using it for the last couple of days and I've had some amazing <laughs> results from it. So you might want to check it out. Uh, and read through the uh, information there. So that's LifeWave X39. Uh, I had some pain in my knee that seems to be gone down to a, a bare minimum of pain. Hey. I was doing some squats the other day, running through the airport like a maniac. There you go. And ran to the church from about a quarter mile away. The interesting thing about, which I, the mechanism I don't get, the phytoenergy thing, but there aren't any um, drugs in it. No caffeine. Yeah, no and, yeah it's all done by um, infrared light through yep. a patch. Yep, a patch on the back of my neck, and then I have another patch from. There's two different uh, products within this. Uh, I have not taken the plunge yet. Yeah, using so, him as the guinea pig. I, I just I would like somebody else to give it a shot and see what it does for them because I yeah. I have seen some amazing uh, results. So uh, looking to add them as a sponsor. So it'd be great to get some feedback as to what you guys think. So it's andyx39.com is where you go for the website, but that link is also in the description, and we'll be telling you about the Edify app in just a few minutes. Good. Finally, somebody answered. Oh, CJ Whitney. Hey, Carl. What's happening? Hey there. What's Carl have to say? Prayer has always been tough for me, being a guy and giving up control. My wife is my prayer warrior and my example. I need to be more like her. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's nice. Uh, me too. 
I, I hear you. Do it for the Lord, says twerking for Jesus. Yes, do it for the Lord. That Amen. is so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> can you twerk for the Lord? I don't know. I don't know if you can I do that. Know. Depends. Is there different levels of twerking? I don't know much about it. <laughs> I'm too old. That is, I'm too old. That is so funny. Really, really uh, quick, uh, just to answer your question. Uh, Charles Spurgeon lived from uh, June 19th, 19, 1834. To uh, 1892, almost made so it to those, the 1900s. So those were like his contemporaries, yeah. or yeah. his, uh, you know, early predecessors. Yeah, there's some interesting okay, pictures. So of. He kind of looks like your brother. <laughs> 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 kind of let funny. Me read the. Oh, sorry. The full scripture, um, Psalm 34:4. I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and He delivered me from all my fears. Mm. And oh my gosh, you know, what? I just that that whole part right there i sought the lord and he answered me he delivered me from all my fears is so in line with where i've been for the last couple of weeks i've been talking about this about courage and about being able to and and my fear is not going to a building where there's a man with a gun i have no problem doing that well, as a matter of fact i kind of enjoy it um <laughs> i love uh, driving 130 miles an hour chasing bad guys but i, I don't even think about it it's actually pretty fun it's talking about Jesus to strangers. <laughs> and I think this may be the, the thing that uh, is so important that I sought the Lord. So you're out there seeking the Lord. You want, to, you want him to be with you. He appears to me in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, and says, I'm here. And reach out and touch my face. I touch his face. The person drops next to me. and goes, I'm going to put you in the fire right away, Andy, uh, and see what you do with this. But, um, but so he answered me, uh, and he delivered me from all my fear. It's just taking for me for a little while to understand that part of it, that last part. I'm, I'm, and it's weird how fear op fear operates in different ways with people. Mm -hmm. You know, some people fear sickness, some people fear death. You know, and your greatest fear is evangelizing. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I don't have a fear of speaking in front of people. I no. mean, you've seen me do that. You do not. I, I, I just stand up there and start talking. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, that's the people Just say Jesus. That's the that's the fear that people have uh, most of all is speaking in front of people. Yeah, ask me about Jesus, and I come in. What? I start crying. Just say Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so sorry. It just when you read that, it just hit me that oh my gosh, I sought the Lord at that. He answered me. He appeared to me, and then he delivered me from my all all not all my fears. It's a yeah, <laughs> he did deliver me all my fears. I just have not accepted that one. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> and Ezekiel 36, 37. Uh, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And this was in a prophetic scripture uh, when Ezekiel is prophesying that the Lord will restore Israel. And so at the end, it says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Once again, I will yield to Israel's plea and do this for them. I will make their people as numerous as sheep. Mm. Wow. God's promises awesome. to Israel never went away. Um, one day will be fulfilled. Yesterday, uh, I told you guys a little bit of the story. Uh, I won't make it too long. Uh, you can listen to yesterday's uh, message. But um, we, my kids and I, we went to dinner to the Red Lobster. You remember the story? I do. Yeah, you sure? Mm -hmm. I've heard it a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, long story short, I was away uh, shopping at the mall. I sent my kids, hey, go get the table. Our table's ready because we got a buzz. They go in, they sit down, and they start. They they strike up this conversation with a neighboring table, a, a, a young woman, maybe in her thirties, right? I was about right in that, maybe 
or late, late 20s? Late, no, late 30s. Late 30s. And then the man is like in his 70s. And I, it, it sounds like it's like a neighbor or something like that, or just a friend of the family that they were sitting there having dinner. Somebody that she's known for a long time. And um, and they had st uh, struck up this conversation with my kids. I show up and they said he, they were very complimentary of the kids and how behaved they were until I got there. And then um, we prayed when the meal came. So that caused uh, the young lady. I wish I could remember her name. Darn it. She's probably watching. Uh, if you're watching, uh, you know, comment. Um, and asked me what church we go to. And we had, and we started talking about churches and we're talking about God. And she was telling us how much she wanted James, which is the guy sitting across from her to go to, go to church. And that we were going to pray for him to go to church. And, uh, and, uh, and we were all hoping that would happen. Uh, at some point they had paid for our meal. So that was another thing that kind of came and that almost, that almost caused me to think that he might come to church because of that. Well, connection. that Didn't you hear her response to mm. that? She said that he said he did it. He's like, I just want to be because that's a dad. That's a dad who shows up. That's a good dad. I want to reward him for being such a great dad. And she says to him, he's a great dad because of Jesus. Yeah. And he's like, no, he's just a great dad. <laughs> <laughs> so she was trying to make the event about Jesus, which is true. Uh, but yeah. he was like, no, I'm rewarding him because he's just a great guy. So here's the amazing part of the story because Hetty is telling you what she said because Hetty was not there. It was just me and the boys. Um, and so we go to Calvary Chapel, Juno Hills. Every um, uh, session, what's the word? What's it called? Every moment of the church. <laughs> Every service, that's what it's called. There's three services. Everyone has 3,000 people or just more in that room. No, just in that room. Because combined, it's about 7,000. About 7,000 people come to this church. Each service. Haiti and I sit in the same place all the time. But remember, this lady had never met us before, never met me before. And, and she could have sat anywhere in the church, even outside in the overflow. At the end of service, yes. so she doesn't find us, find me, because again, she doesn't know who Hedia is. Um, before service, we get done with service. We stand up. The girl turns around and says, hey, you're the guy from yesterday. She was sitting right in front of me. Two rows in front of us. Well, oh, no, right, right in front of me. She was right. on the chair that I was leaning on while I was singing worship. You know, yes. I, I sing yes, so did. loud. So loud. <laughs> Your hands flapping in the air. How is this possible, Hedia? Don't tell me just God. Don't tell you just yeah. God? Yeah. Who am I going to say it is? You're going to say just God. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Who else would it be? <laughs> I, I have not stopped thinking about that today. That uh, 7,000 people, that God placed okay. her right in front okay, of me. Okay, wait a minute. Yes. You're still shocked? Yes. Uh, really? God is amazing. God is amazing, but it's not, it shouldn't be shocking. <laughs> Nobody can tell me, I mean, they couldn't tell me this before, but again, this is just another example of, of, of God, of his presence. Yes, There's no way that that would happen without God. No. It's impossible. But there's nothing else to attribute it to. I mean, not to mention of, of meeting this couple there at that table at that time of day. And then those you know, two this, things this happening. This is how you met your wife, too. <laughs> Out of 15,000 people that were at a conference, you managed to stand in line with oh, <laughs> all this. Oh, my. <laughs> Hello. Isn't that cool? Yes. What do you think it means? I mean, I think you we just destined to stay in contact. I had a chance to give her a phone number so we can invite her to the home church. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she can so. go back and tell James, hey, look at what happened. I saw them, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Wow.
divine providence. Pretty crazy. It's wild. God's good all the time. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. Yeah. All right, anything else? What else do we need? We are members of the Edify Christian Podcast uh, Network. Yes. E-D-I-F-I.app. Edify. Check it out. Got some cool content. They have some very interesting podcasters, including ourselves. If you find us interesting, like, subscribe, share. Like and subscribe this podcast, uh, this uh, show if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook. That also helps um, drive up the viewership. We'd really appreciate it. Yep. Share with your friends. Yes. Family. And do it for the Lord, says twerking for Jesus. Do it for the Lord. Have you, <laughs> that is the most, that's the most hysterical thing I've ever seen. All right. That is it. That's I, it. Happy I, Sunday. Enjoy President's Day tomorrow. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Thanks for reminding me that I, we're not getting rid of these kids. I'm going to be sitting around here tomorrow. Yep. I got to get them out of the house. All right, my friends. We love you. <laughs> we God love bless. you guys. God bless. Take care. Bye. Bye.